Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Whiffin. Hope you're all doing very, very well today. It's another week, so therefore it is another episode. And today's guest is Ruti. And Ruti was the winner of The Voice 2018 and was introduced to me by uh, my my friend and previous guest Mark Watts um, of the White Room Studios where uh, Ruti frequents. And it was a really interesting one when when um, Mark suggested that Ruti would be, be good for this. I was like, yeah, great. Um, really, really up for that. And... By, by quite a long way, Ruti is the, the youngest person that's been on this podcast. So her perspective and reference points are far, far different from anyone before, uh, which which was a really interesting thing to do. It sort of changed the format a little bit of how I had to sort of approach some of the questions. And, uh, and yeah, she was an absolute joy. And just that fascinating journey of being a, a 17-year-old singer-songwriter playing indie music on an acoustic guitar to then thinking, all right, I'll, I'll do this this thing that someone's put me up for. And then within a matter of weeks being super recognisable and, and, you know, performing on the television as being beamed to, you know, millions of people every Saturday evening and to, to, to then go on and... And win the voice, and um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say too much more because it was just a, a, a snapshot of something that I really didn't know how it worked. And so I'll try and sort of ask the questions: how these things work, and who you work with, and and the turnaround on this and that. So it was yeah, a completely different style um, approach to to this episode. So. Um, well, just quickly before we, we, we get on with the episode, and um, thanks to Mr. 76 for producing this. Thanks to uh, My Name Is Ad for doing the artwork. Um, and thanks to everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Mark Watts at the White Room Studios uh, for facilitating this episode. And just quickly, uh, another quick thing I should mention is the fact that if you do like this and you want some extra episodes and things like that, then I have a Patreon page. <clears throat> Excuse me. That Patreon page uh, is each week I put another episode on there. 
and you can support that from as little as 79p a month and every bit of support is really really appreciated because this podcast in Lark which has just come about in the last sort of year and a half has been something that I've absolutely just fell in love with and I'm trying to you know be able to make a, a living out of it so I kind of quit my job to pursue all things pod related so uh yep any kind of support uh, over on that patreon will go a hell of a long way and will be much appreciated right charity kind of groveling bit done let's get on with this episode please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with the wonderful routine i've got an announcement save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable, and water based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track podcast. It's a sunny afternoon. It's a Saturday and uh, we're, we're in the shed type studio and I'm joined today by right I'm joined by Ruti. <laughs> Ruti, I'm gonna oh. ask you to pronounce your second name because I don't want to offend you by getting it wrong. That's right. It's uh Olaju Say that again. Olaju Bay. I definitely would have got that wrong. It's just like kind of phonetic. Olaju I tried to I was I was practicing it before you come round and I thought and I was saying to my daughter, I was going, Does that sound like I'm saying that right? And she was like, You should just ask her and I was like, Yeah, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> it's it's not going to offend me if anyone asks, but usually I go by just Ruti because there's so much confusion and yeah. people add extra letters and just make it completely ridiculous. So Ruti is fine. <laughs> Excellent. I will thank you so much for for coming, Randia, on for uh, me. on on your Saturday. <laughs> so we've never met before. No. Um, we have a few mutual friends. Um, previous guest Mark Watts um, has been helping you out with bits and pieces yeah. and in his studio. Yeah, a lot. He's been helping me out a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good lad. He yeah. is. And my friend Kaylin is your guitarist. Yes, he is. He is. Okay, well we'll, we'll talk about um, the voice at some point, obviously, <laughs> because it's 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 obviously played a, a very big part in in recent years for yes. you. And yeah. uh, but um, but we, we will get on to that, but. So, what I should say first as well is you're definitely the youngest person I've ever had on this podcast. So, um, are you 19 now? I'm 19, yeah. Yeah, definitely the youngest. <laughs> so, some of these things that are going to be quite interesting, because it's like, when I ask people about like school and stuff like that, they're like, oh God, I don't know if I can remember. And it's like, it's just a couple of years yeah. ago for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well look, um, really, I'm going to ask you first to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Okay, this was so difficult. Um, but I, I went with a song called Heaven Must Be Missing an Angel. Yeah. Um, because every time I hear the start of it, I'm just like, I just get so happy. <laughs> How's the start? Uh, it, go, it starts with like a, a drum. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to sing it, but it goes, dun, 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 dun. Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I think that it's like the first song I ever remember hearing. Like, oh, really? So I was like probably about two in the car and it was on heart <laughs> or magic or something like yeah. that. And and then like, I guess I didn't hear it for a while. Um, and then we had this CD that probably came in like a newspaper, yeah. you know, and it just has like a compilation of stuff. And I put it on and I played that song and then I just kept playing that song because it's just... Did you remember it from... Like, I remembered it. I was yeah. like, I've heard this song before, yeah. And I knew, like, the heaven, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> that bit at the end, that It's that heaven. Ah! Yeah. It's the best bit. bit. <laughs> I just... I get chills thinking about that song because it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I don't know why. But when I was... I was trying to make this list and of, like, the best intros and yeah. my sister was like, say Sir Duke, say Sir Duke. Oh, Sir Duke. Like, Why has no one ever said that? I, I thought everyone would have said it. So yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to put that because everyone has definitely said Sir yeah. Duke. But it is, like, when you hear the first, like, blast, it's yeah. like, yeah, this is a, like, great song. Yeah, that's a great shout, mate. So was there any others? Um, there, There's a song, Um, there's, no, it's like a an album by Kendrick Lamar called To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm -hmm. And like almost every song on that, every song on that album has like an amazing intro. Yeah. Um, the begin, like the, the start track is, uh, I don't know. I can't really sing it because there's a few words in it that I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> but um, yeah, it starts with this like, I don't know what song, it's, it's obviously sampled from something. Um, mm. And then like, this guy starts talking. It's like really kind of, oh, I don't know what the word is, but like trippy, yeah. if you will. Um, and it's just, it's just really cool. And then there's another song called For Sale. It's like an interlude in the yeah. middle, of, but it's like the longest interlude ever. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the start. And then the, the, <laughs> the intro is brought back later yeah. in the song. And it just, it's just so perfect. <laughs> 
so I'm going to fast forward a little bit mm. and go sort of post The Voice, mm. um, which we would obviously go back to and discuss. But so you're now um, writing music with uh, a band. Yes. Well, so, I'm writing music with a lot of writers and okay. then the band are kind of just playing gigs for me, with me. Got you. Right. Well, like we're... We'll go into that then, but all I want to just sort of touch on there was when you're working with songwriters and stuff like that, how much consideration is there on that intro? Oh, I... And you're a good person to ask because yeah. for it, you're very much, obviously you're very young, mm. so you're of a generation probably different from a lot of people that I've spoke to, like much older people that have been in bands throughout the 90s and the yeah. 2000s, that um, the way that people sort of ingest music was, was very different then. It mm. wasn't that culture of shazamming and yeah. and only buying the one track mm. off of iTunes rather than the album and things <clears> like that. <throat> so are you, are, do you consider that when you're writing, like holding them and getting them quick? Well, I, I kind of, I guess we're, we're writing for like the, the mainstream kind of radio play. And at the moment they do really want you to like cut down the intro which yeah. is fair like you on radio like because we can get things so quickly now they want to catch people within that little time yeah. frame and um so all of all of the songs that i've got on an ep that's coming out soon um they do kind of start straight away but yeah. i have ideas for like an extended version yeah, and yeah, like yeah. The, the album version and like little interludes that kind of go into yeah. the track. So I I have been thinking about that, but I know that when I'm writing them, it's not necessarily a bad thing, yeah. but it's just we try and cut it short. But you, short. Can, it, you can also see within yourself that reworking of maybe drawing it out to more of a concept style. Yeah, and, and yeah definitely. That's, but that's growing up listening to Stevie Wonder and, yeah. and, and artists like that where you've got... And I guess Kendrick as well does yeah. lots of like kind of weird stuff like that as well. Mm. So, all right, wicked. <laughs> Track two, Rooty. Yes. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Yeah, it is um, If You're Not The One by Daniel Bedingfield. Right. Because, again, that was like one of the first songs I remember hearing. And I don't know, at like age three, somehow his pain really connected with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like looking out the window in the car, pretending to be in a movie at, like, so young. But it was the first album that I'd ever heard as well. Yeah. And the first, like, kind of pop album that we'd ever bought. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that song... And there's an acoustic version and yeah. at the end that is, like, so... I think it's really beautiful. And his voice was amazing. So it just somehow connected with me at... Yeah. Like, what happened hard. to him? I don't know, but I know... Any sister... <laughs> Yeah, they both got loads of albums from kind of that just people haven't really yeah. heard of, I guess. I haven't listened to them, to be fair. Yeah. But um, one, I got curious one day and like looked up Daniel Bedingfield and he's got like two albums um, post, um, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's I can't called, remember. I got to get through this. That's it, yeah, of course it yeah. was, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's really weird, yeah. So... Hearing that, you said that you heard the acoustic version. Mm. Was did like obviously listening to things like Stevie and and and, and Tavares and things like that yeah. that you've mentioned. Like to hear something that's far more stripped down than acoustic. Yeah. Did that resonate? Yeah, it just it was. 
I don't know. It's just the way that it was. It was so simple. Yeah. And the guitar playing was like really beautiful and, and simple, and his voice just kind of cut through that. I don't know. I don't really know what it was because I was like three years old. Yeah. <laughs> but it just. I've I've probably cried listening to it. But I know, really. Yeah, just because it was. I didn't understand what you were saying probably either. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, there's that whole album just kind of. I don't know. I it has a close like place in my heart. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so, where where was you born, Rudy? I was born in Basildon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in Essex. And so you live you live in Basildon. I I live in Stamford. Okay, um, home of Scroobius Pip. Yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, I li- I mean I've moved from like Stamford to Corringham. So yeah. basically, I've lived there my whole life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, my. Mum has lived in Stanford her ho- well, not her whole life, but um, she grew up in Stanford. Yeah. And then she like went to uni and stuff, and yeah. she had the opportunity to go to the Gambia to do because she's a midwife. Okay. Uh, she did some work in the Gambia, and she met my dad there. And my dad's Nigerian. He was doing work in the Gambia as well. So that's kind of how that happened. I'm back in Stanford. <laughs> yeah, and then they came back to St- my mum didn't want to come back to Stanford. But they ended up and it's probably yeah, it's probably a good decision. So I always ask guests like was there music on at home like growing up and stuff like that. Yeah. And and was there? Um it's kind of weird cuz not really. Because I was expecting you to say two very different types of music well, from like there obviously was. what your your dad must have grown up yeah. listening to. Well, it's like um Again, this isn't a good or a bad thing, but like, um, I never, I wasn't really into music when I was little, mm-hmm. um, and like even going into like primary school, I just I I knew a lot of songs. Like um, we used to listen, we used to watch MTV when I was younger, and there yeah. would be like Nelly and Kelly yeah. and um, and oh, Black Eyed Peas played all the time, but okay. I would I never had like um like an actual album except for the Daniel Bedingfield one yeah. until I was like year seven. So year seven, how old are you then? Uh, 11. 11. Or maybe I think, oh, that's another question that I'll answer in a bit. Okay. But um, yeah, I got my first album when I was in year six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad really liked ABBA. Yeah. Um, because that's what he listened to when he was growing up. Yeah. Because he grew up in the, in the 70s in Nigeria and they had like... Um, they had ABBA, they had like Donna Summer and um, oh, what are they called? Calling the Gang Cool. Well. So I know a lot of their songs, Yeah. but that's kind of it. I Feel Love by Donna Summer is one of the greatest records yeah. ever. <laughs> I actually don't know that song. No way! But I'll probably listen to it. Really, I'm going to play you that when <laughs> this is finished. Oh, that'll change your life, that one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. And ABBA, that's as good a pop music as you're ever going to yeah. hear, isn't it? I the mean, songwriting's I, different level. Yeah, I actually really love listening to ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I love, like, kind of that era of, like, disco and pop. Yeah. I'd, I don't know why, I just do. That's why I like the Taveras. Yeah. I just love that because it's the kind of classic disco-y... It's pure disco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait till you I feel love by Donna Summer. That's <laughs> disco personified, mate. <laughs> um, okay, right. Where are we? Track three, mm. the song that reminds you of your time at school. Okay. Um, there was loads again, and I kind of made a list. Of you can throw some in, mate. <laughs> so the one that I went with is a song called Two Doors Down by Mystery Jet. So good. It is such a good song. And I. it's a really confusing story about how I listened to it. But basically, okay. I was, I really like George Ezra. Yeah. 
and I was listening to an interview he did when he was like BBC introducing and um, he mentioned a band called the Mystery Jets and because I was like, oh, I love George Ezra, I want to listen to what he's listening to. So I, I listened to the Mystery Jets and I was like, wow, oh, that's, that's pretty good. I, I never really listened to like yeah. indie, like indie music before. And um, this song, I just had it on repeat from like year nine to year 11. Yeah. And there were so many other songs that, that in that kind of time I was kind of catching up on music if you know okay. what I mean because like in when I was younger I I was a dancer I didn't really listen to music and I didn't know all of the kind of stuff that I do now yeah but, um yeah so I was like catching up and what sort of stuff um well I listened to the mystery jets a lot and like um I went through different stages of like listening to um bring me the horizon yeah um and like uh a band called Sleeping with Sirens yep. that I used to listen to, but then I started to listen to the Hoosiers because mm-hmm. um, my friend loved them and she knew a lot more about music than I did, and she just introduced me to them. Um, so many, it was just like a lot of bands. Um, there's a band called There's a band called Milky Chance that I started listening to yep. about year nine, and it was like they're a German band and they're like a folk. Oh, a big. I started listening to Mumford and Sons when okay. I was eight, and I loved it. Like, and I listened to all of their albums, yeah. and I bought Babel like yep. around the time they came out. So yeah, it's just like a really random mix, and I was just catching up on everything that I'd just not heard. So, Mystery Jets. I mean, Two Doors Down is again. It's just pure pop, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's so catchy. It's quite eighties tinged, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was a single before that with Laura Marling. Yeah. Like, um, oh, Young Love. Young Love. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, and I think Laura Marling was kind of all tied up with the Mumford and Son yeah, lot yeah, as well yeah, at yeah. that point. And, and what's coming through here is lots of acoustic guitars. Mm. So did you, was this kind of when you started thinking about playing yeah, the guitar? Yeah, I started... Um, yeah, I started thinking about playing guitar and I, I kind of started because I, I was doing my GCSEs mm-hmm. and I chose music over dance, which was like a big thing for me. Um, so, yeah, and then I started playing in like year nine. Um, I'm not still not amazing, but it, yeah. like it's helped me understand music more. Yeah. And I didn't pick it up quickly, but I, I understand things more and like how chords work, how harmonies work and things like that. So it's... so. Why did you do that if you was had been dancing for so long and, and uh, was, was it just a kind of newfound interest in music that mm. that shows? Yeah, so I I didn't I did this like the, the the turning point from like dance to music was like I did this like talent show at like a holiday camp. Wicked. And I sang <laughs> Did I, you did you know you could sing? I, I knew I could sing in tune. Right. But I didn't think that I was like a good enough singer to be a singer, if had you know you, what I mean. Had your mum and dad or your sister gone, you can you can sing really well? No. <laughs> that, really? I don't, they hadn't, like, I just didn't, I sang at home and I, I'd done a lot of musical stuff through dance schools and yeah. um, like youth musical stuff. Um, but I just, yeah, I, <laughs> I remember singing Rolling in the Deep. Yeah. Acapella. Because I didn't, I didn't even know what... In the talent show. In the talent show yeah. at like a park resort or something like that. And um, I won. Right. So I was like, oh, I like singing. That was, that was fun. Um, so I... How old was you then? I was 
11, I think, right. or 10. No, I think I was 11. So <laughs> it was in the summer of like year six to year yeah. seven. And then, so when I got into year seven, I really enjoyed the music programs that they had. And I was doing dancing as well. Yeah. Um, and I did dance and music together. Often Is this at the place in Stamford? The, like the performing arts college? No, uh, um, I went to Gable Hall. So Right, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go there, but um, yeah, I went when I went to Gable Hall because they had like performing arts focused stuff. Right, really... so it, it was actively encouraged to be yeah. like. Yeah, um, and yeah, so I got I I was in like the show choir, but then I was also in the dance club, and then I got involved with the musicals and stuff, and then I just I was trying to figure out whether I was going to take dance or music, and I just I knew a lot about dance, so I was like, well. It would be good to learn more about music if yeah. I'm gonna do this. Um, I still didn't think I was gonna be a singer yeah. until like I think maybe like year ten. I just started to sing and play a guitar, and I was like trying to write songs because of like composition aspects in GCSE, and I found that I was actually quite good at composing stuff. Have um, you still got recordings of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you listen back? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's so. It's not even that bad. It's just yeah. my voice is really high. Um, I was. I tried to sound like people, and which has kind of like shaped the way I sound yeah. now. Which is. Which but that's that's a natural thing to do, isn't yeah, it? You got to find your voice, haven't yeah. you? Um, <laughs> so I kind of tried singing like um, Adele yeah. at the beginning, um, and then I was like. There was someone that won the X Factor called Rebecca Ferguson, and yeah, I was like obsessed with her. Her voice, voice was ridiculous. It was, it was so good. She I, was a Liverpudlian girl, yeah, wasn't she? And I'd she? never heard anyone sing like that, and I was like, I want to sing like that. So yeah. one of the first performances I did was like at the Towngate Theatre. No, not Towngate, the Thameside Theatre. In Grays. In Grays, and um, I sang "Nothing's Real But Love," okay. and I was like so nervous, but um, yeah, it. I tried to sing it like her, but obviously it, it wasn't quite like that. Yeah. But that was like a big first performance in front of a like a big a big audience. So, how was that, Ruth? Was you was you nervous? Was you confident? Or like, was, how do you, how do you approach like you know a, a a performance? I mean, I probably still get the same amount of nerves as as that first performance. And I remember the first performance, I've watched the video back and I've, I was just like playing with these buttons on my dress <laughs> and like looking down like that. And it was, it was really bad, but it, um, I, I feel more confident. I know how to perform yeah. or pretend that I'm confident on yeah. stage, but I'm still so nervous. Like even a couple of weeks ago, me and, um, Kaylin, we did a, a gig at, um, this uh, like a little restaurant and I was so nervous because but I was I was performing my original material as well all right so like what if people don't like it what if it's not clever enough for people to and it's like really simple and people like and what if I sing it wrong and it's my song and my voice breaks or something like yeah. that I just always overthink everything yeah but and then then when I get there and then I'm I'm like halfway through the first song I'm like Oh no, this is fine. This is what I'm kind of meant to do. So, Are you enjoying it yeah, at that point? I'm enjoying it by that point, and I know that at the end, I'm like, I want to do it again. Yeah. Um. And yeah. How are you afterwards? Are you like, do you go back? Are you are you one of them ones like, oh, I could have done that better? Yeah. Are you one of them For critical sure. ones? Yeah, definitely. But also, I there's still I like I've still got that adrenaline, so I'm like shaking after the performance, and then yeah, think about 
everything that I did wrong. Yeah. But then later, I'm like, no, that was actually pretty good, and everyone liked it. And yeah. I get like comments and people messaging me saying, "You're you're really cool." And I'm like, that's that's a nice encouragement. That's lovely. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the first record that you bought, hmm. but I'll say that. Records are long gone since you were probably even born. Yeah, I'm, I feel like the people that listen might be a bit annoyed with me because the first thing I bought was actually on iTunes. I okay. Didn't even buy the hey, you can't help, you can't help the, the generation you're born in, mate. <laughs> and it was um, it was 21 by Adele. Yeah. That was... A, and actually, I bought that at the same time as I bought um, <laughs> Pink Friday by Nicki Minaj. Nice. So, uh, But obviously, the 21 was like the big thing. And I listened to it all the time. Um, I would often like I had, I had a little iPod Touch mm-hmm. um, that I'd bought myself, and I, um, I would listen to it in bed, like I was meant to be asleep. But I had my headphones in under the yeah. covers, and I would listen to that. And I just I was I was obsessed with Adele at that point. Why? Because um, she was so she was so good, but also all of her songs were, well, her voice again. I was like. Her voice doesn't sound like anyone else's. When I said why, so yeah, that made me sound like why she's rubbish. She's obviously amazing, (laughs) but what what were the things that that really sort of you know drew you to 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 Adele? Yeah, her voice, Mm. um, the content of the songs. Obviously, I couldn't really relate to it at ten years old, but um, there was still something that it made me feel something. And like, oh, what the songs? There's. There's actually like quite a mix. Like most, a lot of the songs are quite emotional and sad, but there was yeah. like a few that were really upbeat and it made me feel really great. But then also it just took me on like a roller coaster yeah. of emotions. And then also on that, when you downloaded it, it came with a, a video of like the making of 21. Right. And I would watch that all the time. It was just her talking about each track individually, yeah. um, showed you little clips of in the studio. And I was just like, wow, I, I kind of want to, I want to do that. I want to write an album and I want to like sing about things that I experience. Yeah. And and I yeah. think one of the, 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 the wonderful things I, I imagine on that, I've not seen it, the, the video you're talking mm. about is you hear this incredible voice and you, this, this, you know, the, I don't know if it was Paul Epworth that produced that album, but mm. like the, you know, production's amazing. And then you just expect her to be kind of this, super rounded polish and then she's yeah. like call fucking hell and she's just like a completely approachable like cool person yeah, do you know i remember watching it and then she would like swear and i'd be like oh <laughs> I, was that. I was like 10 so um yeah but i i do remember watching that video all the time yeah like just before coming to bed because i was a yeah i just wanted to i wanted to hear her voice singing all yeah. the time so um yeah, and yeah, I don't know, but it was just a point that I remember. Have you seen her live? No, I've no. still I've still never been able to see her live. I've I didn't really go go to any gigs again when I was younger. The first gig I went to was it was in 2013, and I was the I was 14, and I went to see the Hoosiers, um, which I've mentioned before. But yeah, where was that at Chinneries? No, it was um, oh two. Academy Islington. Right. So that was, yeah, that was the first time. And I went with my friends and my little sister and my mum and my friend's mum. And we were right at the front. Brilliant. Um, it was, it was a really good gig as yeah. well. And I, afterwards we got to meet the band as well. Oh, amazing. And yeah, it, I just, 
I really liked them because they made me feel really happy when I listened to them. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, let's let's discuss the voice. Mm. And so, you've started obviously playing the guitar, writing songs, yeah. and 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 obviously doing our, our talent shows and mm. and and you're obviously performing in local theatres and things yeah. like that. So, why why did you choose the voice? Um, did you choose a voice or did someone choose it for you or <laughs> did you consider, you know, other talent shows that are out there? Um, I didn't consider going on a talent show at all. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be brutally, brutally honest. I didn't want to go on the voice particularly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because like, oh, I'm too good for the voice or something like that. I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to do it at that point. Um, I didn't think I'd get anywhere anyway, so I was like, what's the point? Um, But Mark Watts kind of put me on the show. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, do you want to do it? I was like, "Um," I had to think about it for a really long time. But because I kept thinking about it, I was like, I should probably just see what it's like. But I was also like excited because I wanted to... I didn't want to make a... Did you watch it? No. No. (laughs) So, was you aware of Jordan from from our area that that was the uh, runner-up maybe two years before you? I wasn't. Jordan Gray? (laughs) No, because I just... I I did used to, like, watch the the X Factor and Britain's Got Talent, and I watched The Voice in the first season, like, the whole first season. But after that, I just hadn't seen it the whole way through. So, the first time I saw it again the whole way through was the season that I was in because wow. I was watching it back. Um, yeah, and I just, I didn't know what to expect at all. I knew that there was the chair thing and then there was the battles, but then after that I was like, I don't know what's going on. So talk us through it, really. How's it, like, do, do you get a letter saying come down and audition or how does it work? Um, so I think Mark passed on my details to someone and then they just call you and say, well, they called my mum because I wasn't old enough at that point to talk to them myself. So I started the whole process when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so me and my mum went to a, like a producer audition. And then after that, um, there was another there was another producer audition that was at ITV. So that was like really exciting because um, I got to go to ITV. And then after <laughs> that, <laughs> um, yeah, they just called me and were like, uh, you've got a blind audition like next month. <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay. Does that mean that's the one where you go that's on the there and see where, if they yeah. turn around? So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I'm, I really enjoyed, even if I hadn't have got any further than the blind audition, you get to work with a band. So you get to work with a live band the whole way through. And yeah. that's, so cool and they're amazing like they're an amazing band like if you see them sometimes they just know how to play a song somehow and they all just play together they must have the best session musicians (laughs) at the voice mustn't they hello i've interrupted the podcast again haven't i sorry it won't take a sec all i want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast if we can't play them it's just because of the regulations regarding Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there... I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. And it was just, it was really cool. And like you get vocal coaching and a bit of performance coaching. All of this before the first one. Yeah, just so that you're prepared. Mm. Because I I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that, actually. Um, Did you choose your song? Kind of. Um... Like, there's a lot of discussion with you and them, and they suggest songs, and then you suggest songs. And I just sent, they told me to send in a few songs that I wanted. So I sent in Budapest, mm-hmm. and they said, even though that was like, I don't know, I probably sent in like, I don't even remember what else I sent in, but I sent in Budapest, and it was just something that was already on my phone, and I'd been practicing playing it myself. And yeah, and they were like, we just love it. And I was like, wow, okay, sure. It's probably not going to get me anywhere, but I don't really mind. And so, did you say I want to play? Because you played your guitar mm. on the on, on the first yeah. appearance, didn't you? So, did you say I want to play as well? Well, they asked. Me, they were like, "Do you want to play? You don't have to, but yeah. you also can." And I said, "Yes." Um, and it's not too hard to play. So, um, yeah. And obviously, I didn't play it any, again, but I yeah. didn't mind because I'd not sung without my guitar for years. Yeah. Um, and it kind of somehow boosted my confidence. Now I actually often choose not to play guitar because yeah. it is a lot to think about because I overthink everything. Yeah. I overthink playing the chords and singing at the same time and trying to look at the audience and not close my eyes because I'm so <laughs> nervous. <laughs> There's just so much going on. Um, but yeah, it it was a really great experience, actually. I, I would definitely... I would actually recommend it to anyone that's kind of considering it because it's just, you you can't take it too seriously because anything could happen. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a really good way of like just seeing what some of the industry's like. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just want, went on it to see what it was like. And then I ended up getting loads further than I did. Um, but I was excited every round that I got through. So... First appearance, mm. Tom Jones turns, turns around. around. Yeah, it was just him as well. So. And so, also, I mean, Tom Jones is Tom Jones. He's, you yes. know, 
megastar. Yeah. But... Also, how is it for you, because you mentioned growing up watching MTV, watching Black Eyed Peas and that, mm. and think, oh, there's uh, that's that just, fella. Yeah, <laughs> just, just I am. that's fine. <laughs> but how yeah, was that? It was, it was weird because you, you kind of have to think about if you have a decision as well, who are you going to choose? Yeah. Um, and I always thought that I would go with Will I Am. And I don't know why, because we, I don't think we're very similar in style yeah. <laughs> at all. So I was glad that I didn't have to have the choice, because I think I would have... Not necessarily, it's not that I would have gone with the wrong judge, but it just, it wouldn't have turned out the way it did. But yeah. Tom was like, it, I think it was like the perfect pairing. Yeah. And um, So how does how does it work? Because I, 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 I watched The Voice when, when my mate was on there, mm. just to see how she got on. And uh, and when Mark told me about you, I've gone and watched all of your, your performances. <laughs> so when you go, right, okay, so... Tom's going to be your what are they what are they called mentor, mentor. coaches. So so what what involvement <clears throat> is there on, on on things like that? Well, he's at he's at all of the rehearsals for on stage. So all of the on stage rehearsals, he's there, and um, yeah, that's it. He's there, he's there for most of your rehearsals, yeah. and he's not a professional vocal coach, so yeah. he doesn't like say, oh, you need to try opening your mouth in this way or something like that, but. Um, he was really there just to like encourage and just yeah give his advice yeah. on performing but there was also a like a vocal coach yeah. that would go through the songs and like go really in depth into yeah. the technique that we used as well but he was he was very much there in the show and he still is so that's really nice yo you still tight still with him in, yeah yeah oh that's amazing yeah and his uh, and his management are really really helpful as well so it's Tom like, Jones, man. No, Hung out with Elvis. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sometimes I've I've called him up and oh, like you do, call up Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> or he's called me and like we he just tells me about oh that time when I was just like in Vegas and stuff and like it's just I don't know it's just so weird like he'll just tell me these stories and I'm just so interested and like yeah. It's such a weird thing. It's so weird. But then also he wants to know like how I'm doing and stuff. Yeah. Which is so it's so nice and yeah. <laughs> so so when you're starting to find yourself going through like these rounds mm. to get to the final, are you also noticing that going down the shop to get a pint of milk <laughs> and things like that? Yeah. suddenly changing a little bit yeah definitely um, and social media must suddenly be changing yeah, a little bit i got like a huge surge of followers and you, i guess you see the good mostly good comments but you do see the bad comments and at the time i mean i'm still a very nervous person anyway but like it just i could see like a hundred great comments but then there'd be one that was like really not it wasn't really that nasty, to be fair. Yeah. It was one that wasn't that great. Or like, oh, she shouldn't have even got a turn or something like that. Or she shouldn't have won. The other guy should have won. It just... How do you deal with that? I don't know, really. I just kind of have to brush it off. Yeah. Because there's nothing else I can do, really. That's, that's the best way. There yeah, is nothing like else you can do. If it's there, then... Do. If people are, can be bothered to write something negative, then yeah. they're not the sort of people you should be paying yeah. any attention to anyway. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I know that... Um, even after the voice, I was not actually. I did get a few messages like, "We voted for you. What are you doing now? Like, you're not doing anything. Look at this guy. He's doing all of the stuff." <laughs> and I, it just, it was like, 
it it just I need it was hard because I couldn't explain to people you know I have to write the songs yeah of if course you want to hear my voice again yeah but I think so many people are are, are unaware of the process of of making music yeah. you know I think they just presume that you walk off a show mm. like that and then like you're given like, there you go, there's a, a fully formed album, mm. like go and sing it and then you're going to go on this big world tour and you're going to be in the papers. And it's like, well, if you want to work on writing the music with songwriters and things like that, it mm. takes time. Yeah. And, and obviously you're going to write stuff that you just think, oh, do you know what? I'm not overly keen on that one. Yeah. So can we try something new? And yeah. like, it's not a quick turnaround stuff no, like that, is it? Not. It's like you're creating something. Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to go with... Uh, with an EP instead of an album straight away. Yeah. Just so that I was kind of, I was getting material. I was working with new people, finding the people that I like to work with. And I've, I've had the chance to work with some like amazing writers and stuff. And I had to learn that not every session is going to be really successful. Yeah. Um, and that you're not going to meet, not everyone's going to be super nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's been a huge learning curve for me because I, I literally I came out of A levels and then I was in the studio. Um do you feel like you're coping with it all okay? Um I didn't cope with it very well. Um not like in a irresponsible way but like in a completely overwhelmed and like um like uh <laughs> it might be a bit deep but like I would have panic attacks just because yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Um, because I should say at this point, you, you won the voice. I won the voice, yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, so I've won the voice now. So that's that's cool. Um, and I didn't know what was going to happen now. And then you kind of, the the prize is a, a management contract and a recording contract with um, with Polydor. So that that was amazing. Um, but it just I I'd made these like relationships on the voice with like the producers and stuff. And now I'm just like with new people that I don't know, and I've I've still. That's quite an enormous thing to deal with for an 18-year-old yeah. person, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously my parents can only do so much because they don't know everything that's happening. But I did have like the support from Tom and his people and, and Mark Watts as well. Um, so like it's, it's still very confusing for me, and I still don't really know everything that happens. But I know that I've got people that are really supporting me, and I can just ask them anything um, and I've, I'm building those relationships with the label and the management. So it's it's all like coming together. Yeah. But at the beginning, I was just like, I I just couldn't fathom anything because... It's crackers <laughs> though, isn't it? Like all of a sudden, in, in what, how long was the process of The Voice? It was like a year. Okay, so within a year, all of a sudden, you've you're gone from planning some local theatres to mm. you're on the cover of magazines yeah. and on the TV and... Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> knows who you are. That's that's strange, it right? Is, it is, and yeah, it's just. And I still, uh, once I'd finished the voice, I still had to go back and do my A level exams, which went okay, by the way. I passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how was that going back to college? Was everyone like, no, oh, did everyone know that you was doing everyone it? Everyone knew I was doing it, and no one really cared. So <laughs> it was quite nice <laughs> because I just didn't have to deal with people like. I mean, because I went to the sixth form at Gable Hall, that yeah. was the lower school that I had to sometimes navigate through, which was like trying just, I had to run, put my headphones in and just kind of not get stopped by year seven, which is really sweet, but it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> it would be mad though, wouldn't it? Imagine like at school, one of your mates, is a pop star. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, isn't it? It is. And <laughs> it, even to like think that I'm, 
now on the same label that like Lady Gaga's on yeah. and like um, that the Beatles were on at some point. And it's just, I'm like, I don't know how it happened. Yeah. But I'm glad, I'm glad that it happened. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's move on to, to track five, Ruthie. And um, this is the one that the, uh, I'll, when I, when I sent the questions over, <coughs> excuse me, um, I thought the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. And I just thought, you probably haven't even started. You've just touched the, the you know, the, the beginnings of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so in your current time, I imagine clubbing now, because yeah. this is kind of what you should be doing. Um, what is the song that he's currently soundtracking or has soundtracked the recent year or so of clubbing? Um, it's My Number by Foles. Um, yeah. I, Solid choice. It's, it's such a good song and I still don't know all the words, but I know that every time it comes on, I get really pumped and all of my friends, we go crazy. Um, but we, I've only actually ever been to the Pink Toothbrush. I haven't actually been to any other clubs yet because um, I've only, well, I'm 19 now, but, yeah. so I've only had like a year of clubbing. Um, and you know, I should point out as well that I've n- I've never met you before, yeah. so I've I've not met you from you coming to a club or anything like that. It was just when you sent that song, I just thought there can't be many clubs playing that record, and I thought, I wonder if she's gone to the brush. And uh, and then yeah, when you we, we had a quick chat beforehand, and he was like, yeah, I heard it at the Pink Toothbrush. So does that kind of more mainstream clubbing not appeal, or does it appeal? Or um, I think it just depends. Uh... I probably doesn't really appeal, but also, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I like that kind of more alternative yeah. scene. Um, and the Pink Toe Brush is perfect for that. And yeah, I haven't, I have, I'd like to go to, um, I don't know, somewhere that's got, I don't, I don't know what I'm actually trying to say at the moment. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, the mainstream club scene isn't really for me. Yeah. Uh, but, because all of the songs that play at the toothbrush, they like I know them. And yeah. So, yeah, have you, as your, as your sort of music taste, obviously, over the, the the recent few years since kind of discovering things like Foles and things, mm. uh, sorry, not Foles, um, Mystery Jets and, and and stuff like that, has has it been very much an alternative kind of genre of stuff that you've immersed yourself in? Yeah, d- definitely, and and but like m- more recently, I've been kind of kind. Uh, doing like research on like um kind of earlier music like kind of music from the 60s and the what, what sort of stuff well i listen to i listen to stevie wonder all the time nothing wrong with now. that because <laughs> i'm like mesmerized by how amazing he is like yeah. how amazing uh, mm, that's not what i'm trying to say like such an amazing musician yeah. and um and like i tammy terrell i think is tammy terrell Tammy Terrell is another um, like artist that I just like to listen to. If you get a chance, read about her kind of weird relationship with Marvin Gaye because mm. it's it's quite heartbreaking. Oh, I, and, I know. Uh, I've listened to all of the. There's like an album yeah, with them yeah. together, and obviously, ain't no mountain high enough. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, it's. I mean, and do you know what? It was. It's that. Just that, like the some of the little sounds in it. That was must have been a big influence for Tears Dry on Their Own for mm. Amy Winehouse. Oh, yeah. There's so oh, many yeah, similarities yeah. on that. And like, oh, it's, it's just, a, <laughs> that is an absolutely wonderful record, that is. Yeah, um, yeah Tammy Terrell, what a, 
what an insane voice. Yeah, uh, my favourite song is the... Um, all I do is think about you. Yeah. I I could listen to that song on repeat for yeah. ages. And are you, I know are you that one of them people then, that where you, if you you find a new song, do you just think like right and you just repeat, 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 yeah. repeat, like repeat. not necessarily because I really want to, but I just can't help it. I'm like, yeah. that. and then you like you hear a part in it, and then you know that part's gonna come up, and then it happens. And you're like, yes, that was. So you're, you 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 deconstruct music as you're listening to it as well, yeah. and try and work out how it's put together. Yeah, and because I feel like I need to now, if I especially as I'm writing it, so sure. just like researching different genres and yeah. um, not like researching, but just listening to lots of different genres and the way that people write. And yeah. yeah, there's just so there's so much that I just that I have to learn. Yeah. Um, but it's it's exciting to listen to stuff that and I. Um, I also like listening to kind of like 80s, the, the pop during the 80s. I just it's love it. It's the best it. pop. It's it the is. best pop. I, I really love it. And my sister and I will always just put on like, I don't know, um, I think it's called All Out 80s from yeah. Spotify. I just listen to that as well. But also just the, the, the kind of sounds that yeah. they used. I quite, I'd say that a lot, some of the EP is a little bit kind of influenced by that. Um, what sort of stuff? Um, well... Just like the synths and the just little thing. I don't know how to explain it because I'm yeah. not very good at. It was the decade of of the of synth pop. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was so many sort of beautiful little synthy playovers mm. that that made some of the greatest pop records ever in that generation. But I would say that because it's the generation <laughs> I grew up in. Uh, um, you like Dombroco, right? I do. <laughs> I do like Dombroco, Yeah. Got to I, see them the other day. Mark tells yeah, me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I first heard Don Broco when I was in year eight and I heard the song called Hold On and like I was like, Wow, this is cool. I really like it's like a mixture of kind of the the alternative like alternative rock music that I was starting to listen to. But then there was like a little kind of funky yeah. guitar in it. And then when it got to like I think they started bringing out their newest album, Technology, yeah. I started to listen to them again. And I was like, Wow, this is this is different and like I don't know, and me and my friend Phoebe were like obsessed with it, and we'd <laughs> we'd listen to it all the time in our music tech classes during like college, and and then I got to I saw them at Reading, um, yeah, I saw them at Reading, and then we bought tickets to go and see them in Manchester, and then it turns out that Mark lived in front of, well, lives near to Matt, <laughs> and then I got to go and see them again in the same week at, um, at Wembley, and then I met them, and I was just like, if Year Eight Roof could see me now. <laughs> Rooty, I mean Rooty. <laughs> was you was you nervous? Yeah, I was so nervous, but I. You hung out with Tom Jones phoned you up for God's sake. How can you be nervous meeting Don Broco when Tom Jones is ringing you? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was just it was so it's so weird because I don't know. I was just talking to all these people and they're like, oh yeah, I'm the lead singer's sister. I was like, it, it, that didn't happen. But like there was like their cousins around. Yeah. And then Mark was like, oh, she won the voice. She won the voice. And they were like, oh, did. wow. Of course he did. And I was did. like, oh, please stop. I just, I just, <laughs> yeah, it was, but it oh, was so Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to, we're going to keep it local. Mm. And uh, for track six, uh, I asked you to pick your favorite song from an artist from your hometown. Yes. I definitely read it as country. County. County. <laughs> Do you know, you won't be the first one, Ruth. Like, so many people have, like, just gone, yeah, um, that by the Beatles. And I'm like, the Beatles were not from Kent, man. And they're like, huh? And I was like, it's county. 
But <laughs> I don't know. So I was like, that's like the whole of British music ever. How am I meant to choose? Yeah. But then I I used to listen to, well, I still kind of listen to Nothing But Thieves. Yeah. And they're from Southend. And I thought... And Rayleigh. And Rayleigh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but then there was also like Blur and, and the Project... Project yeah, I said that right. Prodigy and um, and and a, a really awful week for yeah. for for you know for for music as well. Losing Keith Flint this yeah. week It's really really terrible. Yeah, but I I went with um, Amsterdam by Nothing But Thieves. Have you seen them live? I have. I've seen them live twice actually. Yeah. I saw them at the Roundhouse and I saw them at Reading again as well. Um, and they were really good. They were really great. Yeah. They're. Uh, they still come in the club every now and again, and, and it's, it's quite weird because I don't really recognise them. Mm. But then, like, they walk in, and then all of a sudden, you just think, "There's quite a lot of fuss going on over there." What's that? And I just generally presume there's some sort of trouble or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, "Oh no, nothing but thieves have just rocked up." Yeah. Like, I've never seen them though, so that that's cool. But I actually I did see them again at the Village Green Festival. Oh, in Southend. Yeah, yeah. Like that year, I I performed on the on the little oak stage at the back, um, and then. Yeah, I just like was just walking around and I was like, oh, that's that's Connor from Nothing But Thieves. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> it, was, it was cool, and they were really great at that as well. Oh, brilliant! So, gigging and gigging in the the hometown. You are gigging in your hometown, aren't you? I am. Yes. When is it? Um, <clears throat> it's not actually like a publicised gig. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise Mark mentioned that there was a gig coming up. Right, yeah, I'll keep that well quiet. It's um, I'm not promoting it at all. It's just a warm up gig. So right. like, I just wanted to perform in front of friends and family. Yeah. The band has never performed live together. Right. I've only performed with um the drummer Will and Kaylin, the guitarist. Um, so it's just. Just finding our feet, I yeah. guess, before we get like thrown into the deep end and have to do like a little London launch or something like that. So, so do you do the thing? Do they do it on the X Factor? Like they do the X Factor where last year's winner comes back and plays yeah. this year's thing. Oh, you got to do that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited about that because the song that is released is going to be released as a single. I don't know. I think by the time that this is out, I would have released it. Um, but yeah, I really like the song. Like. I, I love it. And Can you talk about it? Or? I think so. I mean, it's coming out in like two weeks. <laughs> oh, right. This, this will probably be, it'll be out by the time this comes yeah. out then. Um, so it, it's called Racing Cars. And um, it's, it's very poppy, but like, I, it's great. Like, I think it's great. And I don't usually say that about my own stuff. Yeah. So I'm quite proud of it. And it's very synthy and very influenced by the 80s synth pop. Were you involved in the writing of that one? Yes, definitely. I, I was involved with the writing of all of them. Yep. I definitely wanted to be involved, but I was a bit scared to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually the, the kind of music side of it is based on one of my music tech pieces of coursework. Oh, really? So I gave it to the producer when we were there and we just we wrote to that. Um, and then... He's obviously changed it quite a bit, yeah. but there's like some little elements like the synth that he uses in most of it, and then there's like a little melody, yeah, and little melodies in like vocally as well. And so that's really cool. I hope that my music tech teacher kind of notices that <laughs> the similarities. Oh, that's lovely, yeah. <laughs> Final track, Rooty. Yeah, so this is when you can play DJ and uh and try and turn people onto new music. And so it's track seven, which is a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Mm. Okay. I, again, I had a, I had like three songs in mind, but... We can shout them out. Yeah. So this, 
the song that I've chosen is called uh, You Don't Have to Worry mm-hmm. by Doris and Kelly. And like, I've tried to research this song, but like nothing comes up, which is really weird. Have you made it up? No. <laughs> surprised, no, I haven't made it up, but it's such a good song. And it's, it's from, the only thing that I could find out about it is that it was released in 1967. Right. Um, and it's so good. Like, it's so smooth. And, like, it's very so... It's like some... Doris and Kelly, I guess. Um, a guy and a girl. And it's just... it. I, I don't remember how I heard it. I think I was probably doing some research on soul for, like, A-levels or something. And then I just found it. And I was like, wow. Is, it, not on, is it on Spotify? It's on Spotify. And, and it is on YouTube. And, like, if you type it in, stuff comes up. But it's just, like... Released in 1967 by Doris and Kelly. That's all you can get. I don't know who Doris and Kelly are. Yeah. Because there's nothing else on Spotify by them and there's nothing else that I can find by them. So it's like some weird... Maybe it's their only release. Yeah. But I think it's an amazing song. Slow, fast. Slow. Um, And yeah, it's just... The guitar in it as well. It's it's not it's not complicated at all, and their voices are amazing together. Um, yeah, it just it's just a random song that I found and can't find anything else about it. People can go and check that out yeah. now then, and I will put that obviously. Um, I'll put a Spotify playlist together mm. to accompany this, so yeah. so people can go and uh, yeah, go and listen to Doris and Kelly and, and maybe see if they can find out <laughs> who they are. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the other songs. That I thought of was there's a song that I have in my like set list called um, "Remember the Rain" by a band called Twenty First Century, and right. it, it, again it came out. I think it came out in 1970, possibly 1970, and um, I heard a cover of it, and I was like, "Wow, that it's an amazing song." But it's like kind of um, Jackson Five vibes, yeah. but slow. Um, <laughs> again, it's quite soulful. And I don't know how to explain it, but... Has he got that kind of sort of Motown sweetness? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's like a young boy, I think he's probably about 10, that sings it. And there's like bits of talking in it and and kind of weird, weird stuff about it. But it's like such a good song. And the cover that I listened, that I heard first is um, by some, a girl called Kaja, Kaja Bonet, who has also like the sweetest voice ever. And her version is amazing. So we, we, we do a version with the band, um, which I really like singing as well. And then the other song that I was thinking of um, is by a guy called Mac Ayres. And it's called Get To You Again. Um, okay. He's like quite... I don't know if, if people kind of listen to or follow um, Pick Up Jazz and like the pickup page on Instagram. It's like a lot of jazz musicians and up and coming musicians, but he's on that all the time. And the song get to you again is amazing. <laughs> so Fantastic. Right. So let's break it down before we finish. So you're going to be on the voice final. Yes, I am singing the new single. Yes. There's a gig going on, but we can't talk about that because no. <laughs> no one's invited. <laughs> um, will there be, more shows? Hopefully. I really hope so, because I'm, I'm really looking forward to performing. Excellent. Um, so if people do want to find out mm. about where they can see you perform, where can they find you? Well, they could follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And I also have a Facebook page. And the handle is Ruti Music. Simples. Yep. Right. It. We'll tag you in all of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
So, so follow Rudy and, uh, and yeah, message her. Tell her what you think of her song choices. <laughs> Rudy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. For Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, and good luck with it all. Thank you. Thanks, mate. There you go. That was the wonderful Rudy on this week's episode of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. Uh, she was an absolute pleasure to, to chat to. Um, we, we, like I said at the beginning, it was a completely different sort of episode. And, and it was, yeah, it sort of kept me on my toes, having to kind of constantly remember that this this young person in front of me is like 19 years of age. And a lot of the reference points that my previous guests have always kind of anchored to have no bearing or influence on, on, on someone that's probably half their age. So it was um, a real a real joy to, to, to chat to someone um, of a completely different age bracket with completely different sort of influences and reference points. It was great. Um, thank you a lot ever so much for listening. Please go on iTunes and give us a subscribe or a like, a love, a listen and uh, and, and all the retweets and the likes and shares on the socials is great and i think that's it go and check out the patreon page that's much appreciated um also i've got t-shirts for sale and really cool art prints from the very talented artist paul mcdonald everything is over at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com thank you ever so much i'll see you next week love you bye oh yeah sorry i've butted in yet again I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.